And while you're turning there, I just want to say what a privilege it's been to work with Kick Ministries over the last couple months. Uh, we have some amazing, amazing people. Sister Sonia, Brother Josiah, they love your children. They're going to do right by your children. They're, le they're leading your children into things that are greater. And I'm just glad to be a part of it. And from me and my wife, we want to vow to you that we'll do everything in our ability to provide the best environment for your babies to receive the Holy Ghost, for your babies to be saved. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Let's get into the word of the Lord. Matthew chapter 9, starting in verse 35. And Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. But when he saw the multitude, multitudes, he was moved with compassion on them because they fainted, meaning they were distressed or helpless, and were scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd. Then saith he unto his disciples, the harvest truly is plenteous, but the laborers are few. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest that he would send forth laborers into his harvest. I've come to speak to somebody tonight about completing the full harvest. How many believe we serve the Lord of the harvest? We serve the Lord of the harvest. Hallelujah. If you lay your Bibles down and pray with me, God, I pray that you would touch this service. God, that you would touch my lips, that you would touch somebody tonight. We love you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God, do your work tonight. This is not about me. This is about you. Uh, you may be seated. I almost forgot that part. Harvest time is a season for gathering. If you speak with harvesters like Brother Gary, he will tell you that harvest time is only for so long. It has a beginning and it has an end. Every harvester knows if you treated harvesting like it had no crops, it would rot and die. Harvesting takes a lot of hard work. It requires a lot of resources, and it also requires multiple sets of hands doing different tasks. Not one type of labor can complete the harvest, but it takes different people with different skill sets completing this entire process. The way I see it is first you have the laborers at the plow, plowing the fields, preparing them. You have the sowers planting the seed. When the crop is grown and is ready to be harvested, you have the reaper cutting and gathering the crops. You have the loader loading these crops into the trucks, and you have the truck driving, hauling the crops to the storage shed. And after it hits the storage shed, you have a sorter sorting bins and getting them ready for sale. The picture that I'm trying to paint for you tonight is harvesting takes a lot of hard work, and it needs lots of laborers. In no way, shape, or form is this a one-man job, but it takes skilled workers understanding their part of the operation. I'm speaking tonight of the harvesting of crops, but what I've truly come to speak to somebody tonight and prick somebody's heart is the harvesting of souls. There's lost souls out there. They're beyond these walls. There's lost souls that need to see me and you. Hallelujah. This world and this community has lost souls out there hungry for something more. They're searching for me, and they're searching for you. 
They're living unsatisfying lives, trying to fill the voids with alcohol and drugs and partying and other addictions. No matter the demographic, rich or poor, black or white, there are souls that need to be saved. Souls that are going to hell. Souls that are going to be lost if we do not get to them. Church, I'm preaching about the harvest. It's plenteous. It's ready. But tonight the question is, are you ready? Are you ready to be a laborer in the harvest? <laughs> hallelujah, hallelujah. I was speaking with Brother Gary. Everybody know Brother Gary? I love this man. I love that man. He has such a sweet spirit. I was speaking with him about the harvest. And, and he harvests uh, wheat. He harvests corn. And uh, talking to him about, does harvest really have a time? Is, is it a beginning and end? And this is some of the things that I was talking to him about. And he told me about a time when... He was uh, harvesting. He got called. Uh, the, the farmer asked him to harvest, and uh, they waited too long. They waited too long. And Brother Gary gets all of his equipment, and he starts to go out into the field, and it's too muddy. He can't get out there. He had waited too long, and the, he could not complete the full harvest. Can you put up Jeremiah 8 and verse 20? The scripture says, the harvest is past. The summer has ended, and we are not saved. We cannot wait until the summer has ended and the harvest has passed to reach for souls. We got to get to them now. If we don't wait and get to them in time, who will? If we can all have good intentions all about going and reaching the lost but never actually put forth the effort it takes to reach. My fear, like Brother Gary, what happened to Brother Gary, bad weather is coming. We only have a short time to pick and gather the harvest. If we wait, that soul could eventually rot and die. You don't know when it could be somebody's last day. We also don't know when God is taking, coming back to take us all away. The Bible says that no man knows the day and no man knows the hour. We got to be ready, church. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I believe God is sending forth a call tonight. God is sending forth a call for somebody. Will you answer his call? God is sending forth a call. Hallelujah. We cannot wait until it's good time. We cannot wait. Hallelujah. We all can have good intentions. We all can have good intentions. But if we don't do it, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. I just want to become a soul winner. Hallelujah. I just want to be in the army of God. Hallelujah. The question you might be asking yourself right now was what does it mean to be a soul winner? How do I become a soul winner? And am I a soul winner? I believe with all my heart that being a soul winner simply means you're just willing to do the work of a laborer in God's field. Doing whatever is necessary to reach and to love. He said it's ready, it's truly plenteous, but the laborers are few. The thing I want to point out from, the, from our text in Matthew chapter 9 is he didn't say the reapers or the sowers are few. He didn't say the door knockers and the outreach teams are few. He said the laborers are few. And I believe tonight that happens to be every single one of us. Every single one of us. Tonight I've hopefully come to explain a new way of thinking. A way of thinking that I didn't even think about. A way of thinking that goes way beyond just the door knocking and the outreach teams. I think sometimes we get so just caught up in outreach and, and door knocking. And, and we have to have that. If we don't go reach, they won't stay. 
But being a soul winner was way beyond door knocking and outreach teams. Hallelujah. Being a soul winner doesn't just mean you're a door knocker. It means you're working in God's kingdom, doing your part within the entire process. You're doing your part to complete the harvest. When I see people in the field, I see the lots of laborers. I see the planters. I see the waterers. I see the gatherers. I see the tractor drivers. I see the truck drivers. I see the machine operators. I see the people managing the systems. I see someone in the doing the paperwork and counting the totals of the harvesting comes in. And I see the same for soul winning. We need outreach teams. We need Sunday school teachers. We need bus captains. We need T-Rocket helpers. We need Bible study teachers. We need greeters. We need bus drivers. We need van drivers. We need follow-up teams making phone calls. We need mentors that are ready to adopt a family. We need people that know how to pray. We need people that know how to love. Hallelujah. Somebody lift your hands and praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We need people that know how to love. We need somebody that just can say, I'm going to mentor you. I'm going to bring you in. You're going to be mine. Uh, you know, you just, you grab, grab a, I don't know how, why I gravitated to Brother Gary. He walked in. You had a cool truck. And I just, I just thought, that is, that's got to be a cool dude. I just want to be a part of that. So I just walked up to him. He's, you know, Gary, Brother Gary, hopefully I'm not. I think he's 67. I'm 31. I don't know why we connected. But God connected us. God connected us. Loving people is, is powerful, but prayer, we need praying people. We need praying people. When I think about praying people, I think about late and great Brother David Frost. Brother David Frost was maybe not, and I don't speak for him, but maybe he wasn't knocking on the doors. Maybe that just wasn't his thing. And when I was over at the Willows doing outreach, Brother David Frost walked around those gates he just walked around it like it was the walls of Jericho ready to ready just to knock it down. I couldn't have done, we, we could not have done what we did at the Willows and bring those people in if it was not for people that are praying. Church, this goes way beyond door knocking. This goes way beyond door knocking and outreach teams. We need you. We need your buy-in. We need you willing to pray, willing to love. When I think of soul winners, I think of Sister Comer. I know she's going to be embarrassed because I'm calling her out, but she helps in the kitchen in T-Rockets. She's faithful to the kitchen in T-Rockets. She shows up every Sunday doing something that maybe not so many people would gravitate towards. She has a smile on her face doing it. We need people like that. We need Sister Comer. I think of people like Sister Jeannie. Sister Jeannie, I know she's looking at me crazy right now. Hallelujah. But Sister Jeannie, we went on outreach last year before uh, revival with Brother Phillips. Sister Jeannie was at every single outreach. And not only does Sister Jeannie show up to the outreaches, she's there for T-Rockets every single week. She makes the best Kool-Aid there ever was. Those kids love that stuff. We need people like that. In the name of Jesus. There's something powerful about the saints of God working on one team with one mission. No matter what your position is, no matter what your personality is, you could be introvert, extrovert, quiet or loud. Maybe you're tall and skinny. Maybe you're short and fat like me. In the name of Jesus. Somebody just saying, God, let me find my position in the kingdom of God. I want to be a soul winner. I want to be a soul winner. I want to be a soul winner for you, Jesus. 
Somebody lift your hands and praise the Lord. I don't care about my position, God. This is not about me. This is not about mine. But this is about you. This is about you, God. Hallelujah. 1 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 6. You could pull that up. Uh, verse number 6. I have planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. So then neither is he that planteth anything, neither he that watereth, but God that give the increase. Now he that planteth, he that watereth are one. And every man shall receive his own reward according to his labor. For we labor together with God. Ye are God's husbandry. Ye are God's building. According to the grace of God which is given unto me as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation. Another buildeth thereon. But let every man take heed how he buildeth thereon. For other foundation can no man lay than that which is laid, which is in Jesus Christ. What Paul is trying to say in these scriptures is it's not us that brings the increase. It's God that brings the increase. Hallelujah. It doesn't also matter what part of the harvest you do. One plants, one waterers, but it's God that gives the increase. You, you I, I know, I think I'm special too, but it's not me that's doing any of it. God brings the increase. You just got to be willing and ready to do it. Hallelujah. Let's just do it. I don't, I don't care, God. I don't care what parts you put me in. I just want to do it. I don't want to sit on a pew and say, I, I wanted to do it. I thought about doing it. I want to do it in the name of Jesus. In a harvest, we need every position filled. If we, if we don't fill, we won't be able to complete the harvest. If you think tonight that the position that you fill is less significant, I want you to think about this. If the reaper is picking and gathering the harvest, but there's no one to haul the harvest back to the storage shed, the harvest is not complete. If, the, it's, if it's corn, no one eats. The same goes for soul winning. If a door knocker goes out and knocks the door, but no one follows up. If the follow-up team follows up, but there's no one to drive the van to bring them. We are not completing the full harvest. Door knocking and reaching is an essential part. But folks, if it's only the door knocker and the lost soul never makes it through the doors because we had no one to pick them up. If we fail at any one of these parts, if we do not have enough labors to fulfill every piece, we have not done our part to complete the harvest. When someone decides they want to come to church, we need someone reaching out to see if they need a ride. When that someone reaches back out and says, I'm coming. We need a bus driver willing to go pick them up. When someone comes into these doors, we need someone greeting them with a smiling face, welcoming them, welcoming them to the house of the Lord. When someone loves what they feel but don't understand what it is, that someone needs someone to teach them a Bible study. When someone is two months into living for God and they hit a wall, do we need a mentor and a person that loves them and connects with them and shows them through their testimony how God brought them through the same things that they were struggling with? Church, these people are real. They're looking for me and you. They're wandering in the field. Hallelujah. I think it would be fitting right now if we just raised our hands. God, let us reach somebody that's wandering in the field. Let me do my part. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I feel a sweet, sweet spirit of the Holy Ghost in this place tonight.
It's calling us to deeper places. You may be seated. I heard something a while back that I love. Brother Ari Prado said this. He said, I'd rather bring one than none because that one knows someone. What he's trying to say, it might not even be the one you originally invited. Me and Brother Josiah and a group, Brother Seth and a few of us, we were on outreach for four to five months between uh, Brother, Brother Phillips coming. I've already mentioned it. And We've seen some people come. We've seen some people come. But, but because God brings the increase, it, it doesn't come sometimes the way we think it's going to come. It's, it, it doesn't come exactly. We're out knocking on doors. All God's asking us to do is do the labor part. He just wants to see your efforts. He wants to see your efforts. And that's why it doesn't matter what part you do. Because it's just the labor. God brings the increase. Brother, uh, Brother Gary, I'm going to keep talking about him. But he... Uh, he found us on Siri, and everybody knows that, but <laughs> that's not, you know, we were out on, we're out knocking doors at 100 degree weather, and, and Brother Gary finds us on Siri, you know. Brother, brother Joe in the back, sorry, I'm going to embarrass you, brother Joe, brother, brother Joe and his brother, they found us on Google. It doesn't, it's going to come in a variety of ways. God brings the increase, folks. We just got to do our part. <laughs> Hallelujah. We just got to do our part. God provides the increase. It may not come in the form we think, but we, if, if we obey the word of God and we do our part, he will bring the increase. This is not for our glory, God. This is for your glory. I believe if we could all bind together and somehow connect with someone, we could have people flooding this church. Overflowing revival. Overflowing revival. Somebody believe that tonight. Overflowing revival. If we as a church body can connect and can connect with somebody, we can have revival that would bust out these doors. Hallelujah. I guess I'm the only one that believes it tonight. You may be seated. If every person that ever walked through these doors was connected with somebody, how many people would still be here today? Think about that for a minute. If you just connected with somebody, somebody walked through the doors and you just found them. If we can connect with one person in this church, ev with every person that walks through the doors, how many people could be a part of this big, amazing family? This message is, is for me as much as it is anyone tonight. I have felt for so long that door knocking was the only thing. That's so, that, if that, was, that was soul winning. If you weren't a door knocker, then you weren't doing your part. And I had a tendency to look down on the other parts and people that didn't go on outreach and people that didn't door knock. And I'm coming to you tonight carrying a burden that is so heavy. I believe it with everything in me that it is our responsibility as the people of God to be soul winners in the kingdom of God. To be laborers in his kingdom. I'm not saying that you have to be ready to teach somebody about the seven churches of Asia and that you have to be a theologian. I'm saying how do we connect? How do we show them how to be a Christian? How do we show them that this is the best thing going? After reaching and connecting, we've got to teach them. 
We've got to disciple them. But one thing I want to talk about tonight is we got to keep them. This needs to be a complete harvest. This is not a competition for how many you can bring. This is not your show. This is God's show. Let's seek for them. But let's make sure we teach them. And let's keep them. And let's love them. I believe to, I believe to complete this full harvest, there are people needed help to help way beyond just seeking and planting the seed. But we need mentors. We need teachers. We need people ready to adopt a family and do your part to make sure they don't stray away. We have to make sure that this is not just about quantity, but this is about quality. Quality time given to each person we connect with. There's a lot of churches funneling a lot of people in, but how many stay? How many feel love as soon as they walk through the doors? For every name that you can call out in your mind that stayed, there's one that strayed. Maybe we didn't connect. Maybe we didn't show them the love. Maybe we didn't have enough folks to make sure they had a mentor and a teacher helping them along the way. Even for my bus route back in the day, there was people that stayed and there was people that strayed. Forever, for, and this is just names that I remember. For every Jamal that's here, there's a Brittany that's not here. For every Davon that's here, there's a Sammy and Turk that's not here. Somehow they drifted away. And this is why tonight, church, I carry the burden so heavy. I don't want to see people walk in this church and walk out the same way they came. This is why you might see me sometimes step back from the altars. And I believe sometimes we come with a heavy burden and we pray for things that we're dealing with. And I believe sometimes that's needed. But sometimes if you would just take a step back and say, who's around here? Who can I look for just to pray with? This is not about me. Every single service, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Monday for prayer, Tuesday. I'm just, God, help me. God, do something. And, and you're not looking for nobody. And, and, and we got to reach them. We got to look for them. Hallelujah. I don't want to see them get away. I want them to have what we have. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. This soul winning stuff isn't easy. It's hard work. But I truly believe that God has a harvest ready for us. He has promised us a harvest. There's hope. There's a harvest. This isn't a downer service. This is, we got to take this up. We're taking this up a level. In the name of Jesus, there's hope. Hallelujah. In Galatians chapter number 6, verse 7 through 9. You can pull that up. It says, be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. For he that soweth his in, in, uh, to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. But he that soweth to the spirit shall of that spirit reap life everlasting. And let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. God is not mocked. For the folks that have been laboring in the field, don't be weary. Sister Raina, don't be weary. No one said it was going to be easy. But the seed that you have sowed is going to bring you life everlasting. You're going to see the promises of God in your life. Because you're putting the needs of you to the side. And you're putting the kingdom of God first. Hallelujah. I have some advice for somebody tonight. Get involved. Do something. Get involved. Do something in the kingdom of God. You got problems going on? Sow some seed. Plant a little bit. Water a little bit. 
Hallelujah. I believe, I believe if we can stop focusing sometimes on all of our problems and we can focus on somebody else just a little bit, God will start to bring us victory through what he's doing in somebody else's life and how we use you to help them. I didn't come here to speak down to what you're not doing tonight. I came to hopefully spark a fire in this church. We were called and saved not to just save ourselves and live a good life. But I believe we have all been called to be a servant of God. Called to find our place in the kingdom. We cannot sit on the sidelines. I didn't come here to condemn anyone. I didn't come here to condemn anyone. I'm going to say that again. I didn't come here to condemn anyone. I came to compel someone. My hope tonight is there's someone that's been wanting to do something for God, but just did not know where you fit in. You had no idea how many positions there were to complete the full harvest. If you're ready to be somebody in the background, we need you. If you're ready to be on the front line and be a door knocker, we need you. Every position is as important as the next when it comes to this entire process. We need every position filled to complete the full harvest. My hope is there's a young person that has had a longing desire to teach a Bible study. My hope tonight is that there's an elder that has been wanting, waiting for someone to ask them to mentor a family or a young person. Your time is now. Don't wait. The joy of winning a lost soul and being a part of God saving them is the most incredible thing you could ever experience. It's the most incredible thing you could ever experience. There's nothing that brings more joy than being a part of somebody making it to heaven. Hallelujah. Somebody lift your hands. Hallelujah. God, I just want to be a laborer. I just want to be used in your kingdom. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I had someone text me a few days ago, and I'm looking at her over here right now, but I won't mention her name. But she uh, texted me and said, I I'm, I've been coming to this church for a really long time, and, I, and I've been a part of a lot of different things, but I've never been a part of something to do with T-Rockets or outreach or just something to do with soul winning. And her statement to me, and it, and it caught me so good, was, I don't want to make it to heaven. And know that I didn't contribute bringing anyone else with me. Let that sink in for a minute. I don't want to make it to heaven and know that I didn't do anything. I was just worried about me. And, and we live a good life. And I, I live a good life. And I'm blessed. And, and, and you guys know we have a business. And, and I just never want to get caught up. And knowing that, God, this life is so good. And I stopped looking for people. I stop reaching for people. I'm just worried about going and playing golf, and I'm worried about hunting, and I'm worried about the things that I can do and the things that I love. And I don't go out on a Saturday, and I don't show up for Sunday to do something. I just show up on Sunday. God, hallelujah. Proverbs 10 and 5, if you can put that up there. It says, he that gathereth in the summer is a wise son. But he that sleepeth in the harvest is a son that causes shame. I'm talking to a group of people that I know God is truly blessed. God has been so good to us. He has given us, a, given us everything. I don't want to bring my heavenly father shame. I don't want to bring him shame. I want him to be proud of me. Proverbs 11.30 says, the fruit of the righteousness is a tree of life. But he that when his souls is wise. 
I want to be wise in his eyes. Musicians, if you can come. Hallelujah. Calling somebody tonight. Hallelujah. God's calling somebody to the field tonight. It's ready. Are you ready? I truly believe tonight that there are two types of churches. There's one that's thriving and one that's growing. And there's one that's dying and forgetting where it came from. The Bible gives us an example of this. A great example of this. 1 Thessalonians chapter 1 and verse 3, you don't have to put it up there. Paul's talking to the church of Thessalonica. And he says uh, in verse number 3, Remembering without ceasing your work of faith and your labor of love and patience of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ in the sight of God and our Father. And I'm going to skip down to verse number 7. I'm actually going to use another translation just to, for ease. But in verse number 7 it says, As a result, you have become an example to all believers in Greece throughout Macedonia, and through Achaia. And now the word of the Lord is ringing out from you to the people everywhere, even beyond Macedonia and Achaia, for wherever we go, find people telling us about the faith in God. We don't need to tell them about it. For they keep talking about the wonderful welcome you gave us and how you turned away from idols to serve the one true living God. That's the church that's thriving and growing. And let me talk to you about another church, the church that's forgetting where it came from. In Revelation chapter number 2, verse 1, Paul is talking to the church of Ephesus. And he says, I know thy works and thy labor. He doesn't use the word labor of love. He just says labor. In verse number 2, and thy patience, or this is still going on, verse number 2, and thy patience and how thou canst bear them which are evil and thou hast tried them which say are, they are apostles and are not, has, and thou hast found them liars. And has borne and has patience, and for my name's sake has labored and has not fainted. Nevertheless, I have somewhat ought against thee, because thou hast left thy first love. Remembering, therefore, whence thou art fallen, and repent, and do the first works. Or else I will come unto thee quickly, and I will remove the candlestick out of this place. I'm going to read verse 4 and verse 5 again, and I'm going to use another translation. Verse 4 says, but I have this complaint against you. You don't love me or each other as you did at first. Look how far you have fallen. Turn back to me and do the works you did at first. I don't want us to be a church that forgets where it came from. I don't want us to be a church that forgets what got us here. When you were a new convert in Christ, you just wanted to tell everybody about Jesus. You just wanted to tell everybody about Jesus and what he did for you. My fear is we get so comfortable in our own lives. Living for God is so good that we forget so quickly the works we did at first. There's a world out there that's going to hell. We start to focus a little on our little world and we lose sight of the real purpose. Pastor preached a few weeks ago about heaven. And knowing we're living to go to heaven is so refreshing. So refreshing. Knowing I'm just not living this life just to go do something different. I say we bring some people with us. I say we bring some people with us. I thank God that somebody was willing to reach for me. Was willing to be used by God as a soul winner in the kingdom. And I know I just made that statement and all you guys just thought, he reached for you, you're third generation Pentecostal. 
You're fourth. I don't, fourth generation. Nanny, I'm probably saying that wrong. No matter what generation you are in Pentecost, someone, somewhere, three generations ago invited your grandpa, invited your grandma. You are a living testimony. I don't care what, what generation you are. You are a living testimony of somebody willing to step into the field. Somebody willing to do the labor's part in the kingdom of God. And the question I have for you tonight, will you return the favor? If you'll stand with me tonight. Luke chapter number 5, verse 32 says, Jesus says, I came not to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Jesus didn't come into this world to have a good time and hang out with friends on the weekends. He came to die on the cross for your sins and my sins and to save lost souls. I want to be about my father's business. I want to make my father proud. I want to strive to be more like him. I want to be a soul winner for him. Pastor read this scripture a few nights ago and it hit me hard. 2 Corinthians 4 verse 3. But if our gospel be hid, is it, hid it is hid to them that are lost. If we are not telling them, who is? If we are not telling them and we are not reaching, who is? God is looking for someone tonight to tell them. He just needs someone willing and ready to be used. Ready to find your position within this entire process. This entire soul winning process. I think we should raise our hands right now. God, help us to understand your word. Help us to reach Help us to love, help us to teach, and help us to keep. I think it would be good if we just came around this altar right now. If you would come stand around this altar. If you're ready to answer the call, God help me find my part. Help me find my position. These altars are open. God is searching for someone willing to just say, God, I don't care about them being the center of attention. I want to do something wise in your eyes. I'm ready to commit myself to being something greater than myself. Somebody, is that your prayer tonight? I want to be a willing vessel. I want to find my part. I want to empty Let me find my position tonight. It doesn't matter, God. I don't want to be the center of attention. I just want to be a soul winner.
now, somebody. You don't have to be the door knocker. You don't have to be on the outreach team. If that scares you tonight, you can be another part. Find your part. That's all God's asking. Find your part. God, I want to. I just want to be a laborer in your kingdom. We love you, Jesus. God, come on, lift up your hands. for delivering a message to us. Praise God. Some, some of this was probably a little bit of collaboration because in talking with him, 
multiple times, it seems like anytime someone preaches about the harvest, they're approaching it from an egocentric position. I'm the one knocking the doors and everybody else should be condemned for it. And so it doesn't have an uplifting effect. It has a condemnation effect. And we talked about how, how can you pull everybody into that where everybody feels like I, I've got a part and my place is just as important as anybody else's place. And tonight he delivered a message for us and, and he delivered that. Thank you. Thank you very, very much. That's very liberating. Very, very liberating. So what I want us to do, I want you to kind of just, you don't need to go all the way back to your seats. I don't want us to do that, but just kind of step back just a little bit so that this, this well area is kind of free and clear. And I, I want to talk to you just for a minute because we're wanting to, we're wanting to put some action into this. So if you just kind of move back so that it would be very clear for people to step forward and we can see that. He delineated that there's different people that are important, and in an effort to penetrate into the community, you have to have people that are that thrive. Everyone say thrive. They thrive on being. I, I'm going to call them rockets, as we call. We have truth rockets. That's what we call the kids. So the big kids are rockets. So I'm calling them rockets. I'm talking about people on being out in the community. They thrive on knocking a door. It's in their DNA. They have no fear. There's no anxiety, no trepidation. They want to be on the front lines. Somebody told me that for every SEAL, there's like a, there's like a support group of like, it's like several hundred that support one SEAL. Several hundred people that are doing different things to support that one person. And that really is what we're trying to do here. We're trying to start with some people that would say, now, this is, I'm, I'm, I want to be real serious about this. I want you to come forward if that's really you. Because there's some people who say, I just want to be involved in that, but that's really not them. And so then they don't last very long because it, it doesn't work out. I'm talking about people that are like, that is me. I've talked to some of you. You've been waiting. When are we... Okay, so it, here, here we are. I'm talking about people that thrive on being a rocket. Somebody that's going out every week and saying, we're going to cover this city in a structured fashion. And I want to be on the front lines. All right? Brother Joel, you step forward. That's you. If that's you, you could be a man could be a woman. Amen. Brother Nate, Brother Joe, I want you to, I want you to, I want you to stand up front, in the front here so we can kind of. I want you to line up here in the front, all the way in the front here. Again, I, if, if this is not you, I, we don't want you up here. There's other places that you can plug in. Praise God, Brother Jordan, you need to get down here. (laughs) 
Sister Jeannie, I knew you'd be stepping up here, Sister Jeannie. I knew that. I know you thrive on risk and danger, and you love that kind of stuff, and you do it with a smile. These are people that are saying, I want to be a rocket. I'll be on the front lines. If we're going to cover our city, I'll be out there weekly, and we've got enough here so we can rotate so it's not every single week. But it's not just these people. That's not the message tonight. These are the people that are penetrating into the community. But they also need people praying for them. So... We're going to work with this group and make sure that we kind of sift through and make sure that everybody's on board here. But if Brother Joel is a rocket, how, how many people would join with Brother Joel on his week to go out to be prayer support? And then how many people would join together with Brother Joel to say, not only are we praying for you, but whatever you contact out there, we're our, you're a follow-up group. And then other people saying, okay, based on the follow-up, there's some people that need some rides to church and Bible. See how this works? So if you take 12 and you times that by all that I've just mentioned, you end up with, for one person, you end up with about 40 people behind them. You see that? And it includes a bunch of people and everybody's doing the work of God. <laughs> Hallelujah. That's what the message was about. Amen. So um, in the lobby... There's some banners out there with the QR code. If you take your phone and you take a picture of it, it leads you to a form that says, I'd like to plug in here. Prayer, follow-up, there's some different categories there. You can plug into that, and we'll start working the details out so that we can launch on a particular date. And what we're going to try to do is every single week, it may not be the same people, every week but there's different teams every week going out into the community and we're going to cover our city brother joel is a ups driver he's gone all over the city he knows more about this city than anybody here we've got a great resource and so he knows how to break things down and what streets to do and, and what have you like a ups route we're going to attack the city of bakersfield we're gonna <laughs> Man. We're going to put door hangers out. We're going to pray. We're going to seek God. We're going to do all of those things. And we're going to do it in a systematic way that I don't think we've ever, but we've ever done before. So I'm excited. Amen. I'm excited about what God is fixing to do. Praise God. God's going to do great things. I want to be involved in it. I want to participate in it. <laughs> 